What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This Haber Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Untuckit.com. Promo code HAM and simplysafe.com slash HAM. Now to the segment. The 49ers guy is a person who fights for not just his own teammates, but he's Richard Sherman has become a guy who is doing what he thinks is best for the league at its whole while he's clearly, you know, he most of his career is behind him, not ahead of him, although I wouldn't tell him that because he still thinks he's got many years left. But the point is, like, the Niners have somebody who's not just a locker room leader but a league leader. I Googled last night his career earnings, and at when next season ends, like after he finishes his contract with the Niners, it'll be almost $80 million. Wow. And I think if he factored in Richards off the court, remember when he was doing like uh, beef jerky stuff, and he clearly just had endorsements over the years. Oh, that's right, made, with Stephen A. Yeah, he's made a lot of money. And what made – what I'd be proud if I was a player in the league is last time around, it was actually my first year in the league, the lockout happened. Do you remember the guys at the front and center in the lockout were like Jeff Saturday? I th- maybe mm-hmm. Drew Brees played a little bit of a role, but it wasn't Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and at the time like Ed Reed. and like, Those guys, they're so rich, they don't care. And if I was a super rich player, I probably wouldn't care either. Maybe I'd be really passionate, who knows, but probably not. I know myself. Because I'd be like, well, I'm not even like most players. And I, I think... It speaks to two twofold. Like you said, Richard is one. He's just really impressive. He belongs in that room, right? Just look at his resume. Went to Stanford, clearly one of the most outspoken players in the league. And really, if you take away sometimes when he's like talking shit, he does have some really well thought out just ideas. And two, he like he's negotiated his own contract. So like there is an element of clearly he's kind of in on all this. I think the ultimate problem for a guy like Richard Sherman and this is the league's problem as a whole, is that Richard Sherman could easily do a lockout or a strike. Like, he has enough money to be unfazed for six months and really press them to the fire. Right. The majority of the league is not. And that's where I think what's cool about Richard, I think Richard understands that. Like, I, that's what makes Richard really just, like, perfect for this role 
is he's like one of the quote unquote, he's like the elites that actually cares about the blue collar guy. You know, that's what makes him unique in this area. Most of the time, the elite guy just at the top of the hill. Like Richard's actually fighting for the undrafted free agent and the and like the seventh round rookie that at any moment tears his knee in training camp can get screwed. And I also think it's symbolic on the Niners. Like obviously Kyle and John Lynch really stabilized everything. But I think this year with Richard playing well, you saw an element to me of Seattle that wasn't there the first couple years. Just an edge to the way they just kind of conducted themselves. And you can't tell me that this guy didn't kind of set the tone. I I think there's elements, you and I talked before the podcast, to Iguodala with the Warriors. The one thing Iguodala, by the time he got to the Warriors, had clearly done is like swallowed his ego and pride on. Now, he... He was still really good, and he won the finals MVP, but he was not making really all-star games anymore. Like, Richard Sherman wasn't all pro this year, but, like, Andre would just do all the little shit. So then if you're Steph, Clay, and Draymond, who at the time, that Andre had accomplished way more, you kind of did all the little shit. And now doing all the little shit has just become part of their mantra and just what those guys do with Andre gone. I would imagine next year, like, Clay's going to be playing hard defense. Draymond's doing all the little shit. Look at the Niners, like, Everyone plays hard. Buckner plays hard. Bosa plays hard. Fred Warren plays. That was like Seattle. There was just a standard. And I think that sometimes to get a standard, and you've talked to a million coaches over the years, like their voice only goes so far. You talk to my buddies on the Chiefs, like I can't tell you fucking about the Honey Badger. Like what he just, and I was like, I, I say the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't think it gets talked about enough. Richard, just the pulse of the team. You know, just. This guy's willing to throw his body. I can't not tackle. What's film room going to be like on Wednesday if, like, Richard Sherman lit the guy up in the next play? I turned it down. And you just look over there. He's he's And it's even different than Iguodala because Richard legitimately is one of the most famous players in the league, right? Just given how long he's been a star. Yeah. And you just say and his how name. how much he's like, won. How much he's won. He's a champion. He's been to another. He's been to three Super Bowls. The coaches matter a ton. We always give a head coach – I think too much responsibility for the tone of a of an organization. I think anyone that's been around a co a football in particular, you've been in it. Coaches, there's too many players for coaches to like for one head coach to just influence every guy man to man. It just there's the, not enough in, of that in the sport in the sport of football in the sport of football. Like now, a coach does set the stage, right? He does set the tone. But I think a big part of that is bringing in players who will echo that tone or carry that tone or execute it. I think a coach can kind of put it out there, but for it to um, really kind of resonate and grow and flourish, you do you need players. You need players. Do you think Phil Jackson's a better coach having Coach Kobe and Michael Jordan? Yeah, but I, I think Phil... This is where, like, people, I know that you're not doing this, but people discredit Phil because he coached those guys. And I would argue coaching star players is really hard. Like, finding the right line of getting them to do what you want them to do is really hard. Guys who can coach, how many coaches do we see that coach star players and then they get replaced? No, but my, my point is, is Phil was going to be great no matter what. Probably good no matter what. But to become great, like, you have to get the specific guy. Like, well, Belichick see, really took off when he had the guy feeding his message. Yeah, I mean... I, I guess the, my the, ultimate point here, though, guy, is when you are a good coach, and I think there are a lot of good coaches, you can become great by surrounding yourself with the perfect right guys around you. Whether it's football, it's three or four players and the quarterback. Yeah. In basketball, it's the one player. 
that just gives the message. And the message to me is always going to be the same. It's going to be selfless for the team. And even like that's Steph Curry, that's Tim Duncan, that's Richard Sherman, that's Tom Brady, that's fucking anybody. It, to me, basketball and football I have a lot. I don't know if baseball parallels it perfectly, but basketball and football, the team, like you can't, sur- Michael Jordan could not survive without his other teammates. Richard Sherman cannot survive without the other 10 guys. But I think when you set that standard, like when Draymond's playing his ass off, it's kind of hard to lollygag. And when you see, you're like, God, D'Angelo will just keep lollygagging. You just know he doesn't give a shit. I just like, think, I, so, you know, as, I, as I'm listening to you talk, I think, and I think about what Emmanuel Sanders said about Kyle, I think culture gets over-attributed to the coach and under-attributed to players. I, Stan Van Gundy, I heard him say the other day, there is, you, go, you go look at a Hall of Fame, there's a lot of great players that didn't play for great coaches. But there are no great coaches that didn't have great players, right? It's a great line. Like all of us, in theory, can. I, this is what I want our culture to be. But then you got it. Then we slice out the coaches who who don't have, for whatever reason, the ability to get the players to follow, who aren't great leaders. But you still need the right. You got. You have to identify the play. The Niners' identification of Richard Sherman as a good football player, you could argue, is one of the pillar, the the central pillars of why they are where they are today. A couple of years later, if if I told you that the league knew exactly what Richard was going to be playing like. Because I, I think everyone loved him as a person, right? They loved what he was going to be. They were terrified that his career was over when he tore his Achilles. Yeah. If I said that, that Richard Sherman was going to be an all-pro by year two, name me the five teams that would have been the most aggressive to get Richard Sherman. Yeah, the Patriots. The Eagles. Hell, the Seahawks. Uh, Se- Seattle might have kept him. Dallas. Uh, Pittsburgh. The Rams. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear who would have wanted him, right? I mean, hell, he might have been a Patriot. So... It's just one of those moments that when you look back, like I give Iguodala a lot of credit. Like he chose the Warriors. Remember? He was like, God, I saw you. I want in. Richard was kind of there to be had. And, and Kyle immediately, because remember Marcus Thompson had a, had a connect at that restaurant and was like, sources, Richard Sherman, and I'll never forget it. He tweeted Richard Sherman and Kyle Shanahan having dinner right now. It was a big story on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was at some restaurant in Moraga or San Jose or not Moraga, but one of those places down there, Los Altos Hills. And the rest is history. Remember, like by the end of the next night, he was a 49er. And now when we look at how successful this year was, but just how physical they were and just how high level of a guy he was. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it's not I, I can't parallel to Deion Sanders. But Deion, that that one year deal gets so much hype. This had a moment where they just hit a home run on a signing. Like, they wouldn't trade that. He's worth probably double what they ended up paying him. He's going to make $30 million three years. They would have gladly paid probably 45 50 for what he brought to the table, right? They got a deal at the end of it. And Richard was highly paid, and he hit the incentives, and he made his money. But it was, uh, it was a win for Richard because he right scheme fit, which is important for Sherman. But to me, it was more a win for the Niners. Yeah. I like to give ourselves credit on this, John, because we went to the first OTAs when Richard was out there, but before we could participate. And um, we both came away like, you know, we don't want to overstate it, but in terms of just a guy, like he is out there talking to coaches, talking to players, running around, encouraging young guys. Oh, just, damn, I'd never seen him in a practice environment. Now, he still had to get on the field, but we both said at that time, now there's a lot of times you go to a practice like, oh, this guy, and then it doesn't matter because he can't play. But that was not the case with him. What, one thing I miss about Sports Illustrated basically being dead is there would be 10 articles a year you just never forget. 
You're like, God, remember that piece on Tiger Woods? Remember that piece on fucking Michael Jordan? There was a piece one time I remember reading about Russell Westbrook, and the quote was Nick Collison. Just describe. It was a long piece on Russell. When you read one of those pieces, like Jenkins was right of the basketball ones, you're like, God, I love this guy. And his quote on Russell Westbrook was like, the way I describe him to people was he really, really gives a shit. And there are just a small number of people, and I remember hearing an interview Kobe did after he died and a bunch of stuff was going viral. He's like, you get to the NBA and you think everyone gives a shit. And it's just not the fact. It's just not true. You know, a lot of guys are just God-given talent. They get here. The money's so good. They just try to last. Sports, that, there's a lot of that in sports. You know, they just, most, football might be a little different, but it's still, you know, like baseball or basketball, there's a percentage of guys that are just doing it. They don't really love football. And then there are guys that kind of like football, but it's not their life. That, that's the, the lane I'd put myself on as someone that, like, involved in the NFL. I was around a lot of people, coaches, executives, that guy love football. Like, their level of give a shit on football is at a 10. And that's what the best coaches, the best, like, GMs, the best players. This guy's give a shit level. Look, to me, it symbolizes what he's doing with the NFLPA. Why is he doing this guy? Because he cares. Like, this thing means a lot to him. Like, he's so rich, he's so famous, He this is, should not be his fight. This should be, you know, like the young up-and-comer guy's fight. Or But but you know what? I think he recognizes that that guy can't fight this fight. No, but I'm even saying, like, like why you couldn't pay Tom Brady to do this no, shit. Yeah, but I, no, you're right. But I'm just saying, like, ultimately, whoever is going to successfully fight that fight has to fight it from a position where they have some personal leverage, where they say, look, guys, I'm telling you, I know this. Fe-. Because they are going to be talking to people who don't have the same leverage, and that, to me, is always the key, right? Generally, the people who rise to lead a large group... Um, Haberman's getting deep today. Well, yeah, that's why I stopped myself. I don't want to make too general a statement, but uh, because it, it, it doesn't always relate. But the point is just like, to raise to that level, sometimes you have to be fighting for something that you will not necessarily benefit from. You know, you know where, though, if Tom, let's say Tom was involved with Richard, where both those guys, and obviously Tom's not, he's way too rich, way too famous, doesn't have the time, that Richard can go, listen, guys, I started like many of you, that if I would have shattered my leg in training camp, I was a fifth-round pick. I, was, I, I had to fight for scroff and claw for fucking everything. Like, he actually is a relatable leader. Right, yeah. because sometimes, like Patrick Peterson was staying up there. It's like, yeah, you were a three-time All-American. You got drafted fifth. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, not a first-round pick. Yeah, you, 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 Patrick Peterson's like, yeah. But what's the lowest amount you've ever made, PP? You're like, ah, my first couple years, I made about seven and a half. <laughs> the last, you know, six, I've averaged about, you know, fourteen. You <laughs> know, it's like, uh, Rich was like, my first four years, I made six hundred thousand dollars. So it's, he's just a unique. He's really one of the unique characters in league history, is he not? Definitely in the modern the last 20 years. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like, he's leaving a legacy. Like, him and Revis will always have that little thing. And I actually don't think it'll die because they'll both be in the Hall of Fame one day. I think Richard's football life will be remembered much more strongly, right? To- Champion. One th- yes, John, there was no question. One guy. What's one guy known for? I'm a business. Just money. I guess Revis did go to the Super Bowl with the Patriots. But... That was just one off. Like Richard did it. Like Richard didn't just go to jump to the Patriots. He jumped to the 49ers, who were terrible. Well, he had to prove himself again after he was proven. To me, that's part of that story, right? Is Richard was Richard a Hall of Famer when he left Seattle? I think so. So like close enough where it's like 
he had a but, but, but yeah, I, you're right. I don't, if he had like never one. played again, I don't know. What do you think he's a lo- he's a lock now? Right? He's a lock. This yeah, year with the Niners, he's a Hall of Famer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.